Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Table Manners, I'm Jessie Ware, I'm here with Mum, who's let me know she's been up from the crack of dawn and I mustn't make a mess in the house. No, you mustn't, because I've been making everything look nice and vogue-like. How do you make your house vogue-like? Voguing. I got it. Did you get it? Yeah. Why, bloody Madonna going to pop out? No, but someone else might do who yes, vogues. Yes, well. Um, I actually don't know if Billy Porter does Vogue or not. I mean, I've watched Didn't Pose. Didn't he dance at the beginning? Well, so Billy Porter, who we have on today, who we're very excited about because I'm a huge fan of Pose, he is the MC of the ball. But I don't know if I've ever properly seen Billy Porter well, dance. Well, does he not that. sing? Um, oh, he sings. Mummy's musical, Broadway. Kinky Boots, he's in the new Cinderella with Camilla Cabello. And just did Global Citizens, um, who's on the telly for that. He's got a fabulous and, Well, yeah, he sings because he's got a bloody record deal with Island Records now. And he's got a song out. And the people that wrote the song, Emily Kay and Jade Thurwell from Little R- Mix. R-Jade. R-Jade. And he just won Man of the Year at Attitude Awards. And I bumped into him at a fashion show. Of course before, you did, darling. Before... When you this used to go to fashion pandemic shows. started. When you used to and we to touched each other in all the right places. No, just very politely. No, we touched Good each God. other and had a cuddle. And um and I really loved him. And so I'm really thrilled that we've got him on. He's always at the right shows. And he has a husband. I wonder who's is he bringing his husband? Don't know because my Dutch baby might not go that far. So what have you made for Billy Porter? A Dutch baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Dutch baby. What does that mean, Mother? Your sister told me to make it. She said it always impresses everyone. It's basically a cross between a Yorkshire pudding and a pancake. Just what I need when I'm, uh, you know, trying darling, to get back into uh, darling, the biz. This isn't all about you. No, apparently this not. It's about pleasing people. And I'll bloody have seconds, won't I? So, uh, okay, hold on. So it's like, so it's basically like your Yorkshire puddings that you used to do before you learned how to make Yorkshire puddings. But a no, sweet but this is a sweet version, and you—I bought a new skillet specially for it, mm. and I've had to add a bit of extra. Using ingredients. all the uh, the American lingo too, skillet. Well, it's a different sort of thing because it's kind of flatter. You have to bake it in the oven for twenty minutes in a lot of butter, and then you put. Can I we say this is keto then? No, because it's got flour. Then you put berries in the middle and dust it with icing sugar and have it with creme fraiche. And if he doesn't like that, well, he can have a piece of toast. <laughs> I always get 
I just thought it'd I'd be fun I'd get a Dutch to... baby on the side. I'd have it for the table. That's what I like yeah, to do I with know, the pancakes darling, but at I brunch. thought it's a funny time that he's coming at 10 in the morning. It's neither breakfast nor brunch. Oh, I suppose I could have done brunch, but I'm a bit bored no, I'm with quite, that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. He'll have had a Dutch baby before. Oh, Mum. I mean, no, because they're American. Oh, I thought you meant another one. In fa- oh, no. In <laughs> fact, they're called over there. It's a cross between a pancake and a popover. And I think What's pop- a popover? I think they're Yorkshire puddings in America. Oh, we'll have to ask Billy about that. Yeah. Um, Billy Porter coming up on Table Manners. I love that I'm here. <laughs> we said this like two years oh ago at God. Fashion Week. Oh my! Oh, how fabulous is that whole statement? I love this, <laughs> darling. We go back Fashion Week, mwah, mwah, and now you're here. Jesse, I think you were pregnant with your middle child. I'm, I'm, I'm done now. I'm done. I'm done. She just said I'm always fucking pregnant. <laughs> I said the last time I saw you, I think you were. I didn't even get it out. <laughs> She yeah. said, I'm always fucking Have pregnant. you hung up your boots now? <laughs> I think I have. But yeah, the last time we saw each other was pre all this bloody COVID yes. bullshit. Yes. And we were there and it was fashion. And you're always, I mean, everyone loves you, Billy, but Aww. the UK love you. I do realize you do, like, that. Really? And it really is special to me. You know, I've always had, you know, I joke. I grew up in. Where did you go? I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the ghetto, in the hood, you know, and I was introduced, I grew up in the church, the Pentecostal church, and I was introduced to theater in the sixth grade. I was introduced to musical theater um, in in middle school, and it was what we call in America desegregation the second time they tried it. And so, you know, people from different areas and different backgrounds and different neighborhoods were being bused out of their neighborhood to go to other schools to mix with white people, essentially. You know, so it was a valiant effort. Mm. But the unfortunate part to about integrate. it to integrate. But the unfortunate part about it is that the schools in minority neighborhoods were subpar. Mm. So by the time most of the black a lot of the black kids got to these new schools, they would then test you Mm. for Mm. aptitude Mm. and then separate you from that. So then you're in the school and all the white people are in one class and all the black people are in another class based on aptitude. So it's like, I happen to pass the test and get into the scholars program classes, you know, but I'm 11 years old. Mm. You know, there are 30 people in a class and two of us are black. Mm. So now I'm like, what do I do now? Mm. You know, they had these after school programs. Um, This was right as Reagan was being elected. So the after school programs, the programs that cared about the people Mm. were still intact. Mm. It was the beginning of the dismantling of this. Mm. So when I tell you the after school program packet was like this thick front and back with all different things that you could like be a part of like that's but could your family support you in that no that's why i'm saying they were after school programs that were oh so you could that were government supported right so there were all of these 
programs. And there That's was a, quite amazing. It was amazing. And there was this and there was this program called Risenstein. The school was called Risenstein, and there was this program called Risenstein Musical Theater. And I went because I was musical, and I was like, well, maybe I can sing. And then they explained to us what a musical was, mm-hmm. and they said, you're going to um, come back next week and sing in front of everybody, and then we'll cast the show, and everybody will be double cast. You know, there were hundreds of people in the room, and it was like, everybody will be double cast. Um, and I was like, okay, the show is Richard uh, Rogers and Hart's Babes in Arms. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. You know, interestingly enough, it was my birthday, yeah. And so my grandmother and my great aunt came to pick me up at school and surprised me, took me to downtown Pittsburgh, took me out to dinner, and then took me to see the touring company of The Wiz. Oh, he's oh. on down the road. He's on down the road. And so I'm sitting there going, wait, I think this is what the teacher was just talking about. <gasps> this is theater. Amazing. I like this. You know, and then we get to the end of the show. And of course, I love it. Mm. You know, and we get to the end of the show and Dorothy sings a song called Home. Mm. And I'm a mess. (laughs) And like my grandmother and Aunt Dorothy had to peel me out of the city. Like I couldn't even, (laughs) you know, and I went to school. such a Beautiful song. And I am. So I go to my music teacher, and I'm like, I just saw the Wiz, I want to sing a song called Home, I don't know how to do that, like, can you help? And within like a day or two, she brought me the sheet music and the album, we're talking album, vinyl. This was your teacher? This was my teacher, you know, and so I learned the song, I learned Home, I came the next week, I sang Home for the audition, the cast list went up, every role was double cast, except me. <gasps> Muscle toe. And I was like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like when you're... You're a star. That's what it means, well, but, when you, <laughs> but when like, you know, the first so five years... So how old were you then? 11. But for the first five years of school, I was just bullied. Oh, really? You know, daily, incessantly bullied. And, you know, because I was a little sissy and, it, you know, and it was like... But when I opened up my mouth to sing, you have power. The bullying yeah, stopped, sure. and I had this sort of power, respect. and I had this kind of respect, and I was like, "Well, that's what I need to focus on." Mm-hmm. I couldn't play sports, but here the cast list goes up, and literally hundreds of people are double cast in everything. Ensemble roles are double cast, and I'm not. What's that teacher called? Do you remember her name? Uh, Betsy Schmidt. And the reason why I know, and the reason why I know is because I just finished my memoir. And so I've gone back and I've, but so Betsy Schmidt was the first year. And then my instrumental teacher, who I'm still friends with, who I cast in the movie that I just, my first movie that I directed and shot in Pittsburgh is in the movie. Um, And he's still my friend, Mr. Lutz. What's he play? He plays a librarian. No, Um, what's it musical instrument? Oh, what did I play? Yeah. I played the saxophone, alto sax. You're kidding. I did. Were you good? I was good. I was good, but I had to choose, child. At a certain point, I was doing too many things. And at a certain point, it was like, are you going to be on the stage? Or are you going to be in the pit? Obviously, we know. Obviously, not nobody going to be in the pit. Like, God <laughs> no say. way. I can't so, see you in the so pit. Let's talk, talk to us about this, um, the, the film. So the film, the working title is called What If. Uh-huh. We have to change it because 
fucking Marvel stole by title. <laughs> the Bostons. There are, you know, they already have a TV show on called What If. So we have to change the title. I don't know yet. Okay. But essentially, it is a coming of age romantic comedy in the uh, spirit of the old John Hughes oh, movies yeah, from the 80s. And it follows a black transgender high school girl. She gets a girl. Uh, she gets a boyfriend. Um, she gets into college. It's, you know, a love story. It's a comedy. And it's about trans joy. You know, one of the things that I've been talking about post-pose, you know, is now what stories can we tell? Mm. Like now that it's cracked open, mm -hmm. now that the conversation is cracked open, you know, I wanted it to be about, well, it came to me. Mm -hmm. The script came to me mm -hmm. through Christine Vachon. Who's that? Christine Vachon is the godmother essentially of modern queer cinema. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, obviously she's done more than just queer cinema, yeah. but she's been one of the, the, uh, pioneers, like, you yeah. know, the pioneers who have, you know, so she came to me with this script. Um, you would know her for boys don't cry. Oh and yeah. Right. Far from heaven. Okay. Oh, Velvet okay. Goldmine. Yes, and, yes, yes. You know, all that stuff. So she's, you know, very prolific and amazing and called me, you know, and, you know, one of my dreams, you know, from 20 years ago, discovering, you know, that I didn't have to be in a box mm. and that I could be whatever I wanted mm. to be. All I needed to do was speak life into myself mm. and do the work to get there. Um, you know, it's powerful and, and magical what we can inspire in ourselves and create for ourselves. But, so, I mean, before, obviously, I, I came to you with Pose, mm -hmm. but you were doing Broadway before that. You were doing, I mean, you were, you were working. You, you've been at R&B, you've been signed, you've, you've done it all. But like, do you feel that now, more than ever, the world is your oyster just because? I do. And I have to say that the journey mm. to my truth, mm. the journey to my authenticity, mm. you know, and being able to sit in the fullness of that, no matter where the chips may fall. Like that's where I had to get to. Mm. Um, you know, I was told from the moment that I could comprehend thought, you know, when my lovely, gorgeous family, I love them to death, you know, very religious, I was sent to a fucking psychologist in kindergarten because I was a sissy um. and they were afraid, you know? And so the messaging I got from the start is something's wrong with you and you need to be fixed. Mm. So of course, when somebody says to me, your queerness is your liability, how can you not believe them? Mm. You know, it's the proof is right there yeah. for, and it was my liability. For decades, you know, in every space, in every space, whether it was the personal space, whether it was the professional space, you know, whether it was the intimate space, whatever it was, wherever I went, mm. my queerness was my liability. And then I was watching Oprah, mm. as we all in America would want to do yeah. for 25 years <laughs> and, um, and still do. And, um, you know, 
she had Maya Angelou on and um, Yana Van Sant, and they were talking about switching your intention mm. in life. What is your intention in life? When you switch your intention to service, mm. everything else will work itself out. How old were you? This was at least 20 years ago. Okay. And I was like, what does service look like for me? Like I stood in front of the mirror and said, how can I be of service? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm. You know, it's your queerness. Mm. Everything that everyone is telling you is your liability is your actual service. How do you choose that when your service is not going to get you fed? It's not going to get you paid. It's going to make you a vilified human being. Like, I don't know how I chose it anyway. I don't know why I had the tenacity to do that. I don't understand it. People ask me all the time. It's like, well, you know, my mother is disabled. She gets out of bed every morning. She, look, she conquers life. I got a lot of it from her. You know, I got a lot of it from the ancestors whose shoulders on which I stand. I get it. I got, you know, I had no other choice, but I look at my life right now and I am gobsmacked, you know, because never in a million years did I imagine that my success would come because of my authenticity and because of my truth. And how, but how, how are your family, um, are you close with your family? And how is that your kind of, your queerness and celebration of your queerness? Like how- have, It has, has it, changed has, everybody. Yeah, okay. You know, me standing in my truth, me standing in the fullness of that mm. and not being afraid to hold the dogma and the rhetoric of my upbringing mm. and my family and my culture mm. accountable. Mm. That's where I'm at. There are so many beautiful things that I got from my religious community. Yeah. The, the human being that I am is because of those teachings. A lot of those teachings. My problem is so many of those people don't live by those teachings. Mm. So many of those people don't practice what they preach. I stand at the intersection of holding that community accountable. Your language is murderous. You're killing people. I have a Bible too. I know what it says. And you are not practicing what that book says. And somebody needs to call you out for that. Mm -hmm. All of you evangelicals who stand behind that Bible and act like Trump is the savior. Fuck you. Somebody needs to say it. But, but I mean, we've seen a lot of that with, um, for example, with the vaccine. Yeah. The church coming out against saying it's the work of the devil and you shouldn't be in the book. So I've just been in the Bahamas and the, the church are actively telling people not to be vaccinated because they say it's the work what, of the what, devil. What? Murderous. Yeah. You're murderers. Yeah. And somebody needs to fucking say but, but it out they loud. Don't, they don't, they, 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 people, only 16% of the Bahamas have been vaccinated. What? 16. And the church cannot, are not encouraging people. They're saying, 
you should stay away from it. It's not mm. good. Yeah. Because Jesus told you to do that. I'd go to the church of Billy's Water, I tell you I'm that. not, yeah. I, I, I just can't do that anymore. But, but it was the same, you know, the same during the AIDS epidemic yeah. as well, Jesse. Everyone said AIDS is God's was, punishment, AIDS, so AIDS they should die God's, anyway. People should die because it was God's punishment. It was horrendous. And that's what I grew up with. Mm. You know, so coming out in the church, being young when that was happening, and fun. then... You know, I mean, I could talk about this because I talk about it in my book, but mm. I was molested mm. by my stepfather from the age I was from the age of seven to 12. So imagine oh my God, I'm so going to church all the time and then hearing now I'm an abomination and AIDS is God's punishment. You know, I was 12 years old. I thought I was going to die of AIDS. This is the shit y'all put us through. No, no, no more. And whoever I can help by speaking the truth mm -hmm. is what I'm doing. That's my ministry. That's what I was placed here on this planet to do and be, you know, and I understand that now. And that has come from sitting inside of my truth, sitting inside of my authenticity and realizing, oh, that is my calling. This is my calling. Dare I say my ministry is the truth. For all of you out there who feel like you've been abandoned by the mainstream. Billy, do you come believe to in God? I don't know. Neither do I. I don't know. That hurts my mother's feelings. Mm -hmm. I know it hurts her feelings. It hurts her heart so much. And I don't know. I don't know. I do believe. In something. In something. I do believe in a higher power. I don't know anymore if. That is simply out of habit because I don't know anything else and I'm afraid to not believe in something. Yeah, me too. Because like my grandmother said, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. Oh, that's so, interesting. That's a good expression. You know, you've got to believe in something or you'll fall for anything. You know, so there's always the, the part of me that's like, what is that something? Um, I'm not sure anymore um, that it's a something that can be quantified with language or, you know, I'm not sure. Do, do you, how long have you been married? Uh, it'll be five years this Did coming March. Did you get March. married a religious ceremony uh -uh. or it was just a uh -uh. civil ceremony? It was a, it was a legal ceremony, Yeah, but it wasn't religious. There were there, spiritual, Yeah, you know, I'm spiritual. Mm. I really do believe in spirit. I do believe in a higher calling, a higher level of consciousness. You know, I yeah. do believe that, you know, God it, it is the word that we most know. You know, I do believe that energy is inside of all of us mm. personally how we access that how we share that is um our life's work you know that's my life's work is how i share that energy you know i try to be the change that i want to see these teacups are everything by the way i'm just <laughs> looking at them. i'm just looking at these teacups they're so very english i love them saying i know i'm sure they are 
oh anthropology, God. but they they feel very English. I you've you know you've talked about your grandma, your mum. I want to know you know this podcast we talk about food, food. a bit. Mm. So I want I want to take it back yes. to Pittsburgh. I want to hear about who was around that dinner table and who was cooking and what is some of those nostalgic memories of smells on the table. Were they good cooks? Oh. Those are my favorite memories. Really? Those are some of my favorite memories because Grandma and Aunt Dorothy, they had a big house. You know, we called it the big house. And for all of the um, family dinners, um, you know, lots of Sundays after church, Sunday dinners, lots of um, Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas, Easter, you know, babies, weddings, funerals, everything happened at the house. The big and, house. At the big house. And... You know, the reason why I know how to cook naturally mm. is because they always wanted us around. And I'm the oldest of all of the cousins. You know, so there's okay. about... How many, how many are there? I think there's... So my mother and then my two aunts, the twins, Karen and Sharon. So Karen has two kids. Sharon has four kids. And then my mom has two, me and my sister. Um, so I'm the oldest of that, you know, crew. Um, I was always in the kitchen. I was always watching. I was always underfoot, as they would say, you know, anything, anything and everything they cooked. I was there. And it was Aunt Dorothy doing the cooking. Aunt Dorothy and Grandma. They were always doing the cooking. And your mom, you said your mom was in a wheelchair. Well, she didn't start in a wheelchair. Okay. She is now, she lives in a nursing home now. It's a neurological condition that was, you know, medical malpractice. It's been a degenerative, it's been a degenerative thing. She lives at the Actors Fund Nursing Home in Englewood, New Jersey. Now she doesn't have any mobility. But at this time when she she was young, she had a lot of mobility. So it was everybody in the kitchen. And we were all making anything and everything. Like there's no one specific thing. It's like whatever was being cooked, whatever the menu was, we were there sitting doing it all, whether we were shelling peas or whether we were... So was it a lot of meat? Um, Yeah, yeah, we did. Yes, there was lamb, there was roast, there was chicken, there was ham, there was turkey, there was everything. It was an an important factor. Yeah, always meat. Always meat. Um, Not very healthy. Interesting, but but the under but what they did understand, mm. and and I say not very healthy in terms of like the vegetables were overcooked. Uh-huh. Like it wasn't until I was grown that I realized that to like cook a vegetable like um broccoli and garlic and olive oil on on top of the the stove. Like I love like I love vegetables. Mm. You know, but it wasn't until I, I grew up that, like, I understood that the nutrition could be in the vegetable yeah. and not in the pot liquor. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> because where I came from, you had to drink the pot liquor for the nourishment yeah. because they had cooked all the nourishment and they had boiled all the nourishment out of the actual vegetable. They were like the saddest little broccoli, <laughs> like limp broccoli. Right, so the saute mm. was not something that I really understood until I was a grown-up. So, okay, so you're a good cook. Yes, I, I am believe a good you. cook. I mean, you're good at everything. I'm a good cook. Um, not everything. What's your husband's favorite dish that you can pull out? Interestingly enough, he loves my turkey burger. Oh, I love a turkey. Mum does a good turkey. He loves my turkey burgers. What's what's the essence of your turkey burger? Okay. 
So I cook a turkey burger. I will chop up an onion, mm -hmm. green pepper, mm -hmm. red pepper, mm -hmm. garlic, yeah. saute it a little bit just to get a little fragrance. Yeah. Put it in. With the minced turkey. Uh, with the turkey, uh, yes. Ground turkey. Uh, ground turkey, yes. Um, and then I put um, salt, pepper. By the way, um, he's choreographing choreogra this, 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 this whole uh, recipe. Salt, pepper, and I use um, a seasoning salt called Lowry's. I don't think you all oh, have yeah. it. No, but I want it. What is it? Like, Lowry's, is it it's a family. They have restaurants. Lowry's seasoning salt. White people in the South use it, and black people all over America use it. It's a Southern, <laughs> like it's a, it, I think it's rooted in the South. It might not be like, but they actually have restaurants. Uh -huh. But Lowry Seasoning Salt, ask anybody black from America, Lowry's, excuse me, is the seasoning salt. Or if I don't do that, I have like a McCormick's, it's like a um, steak seasoning. Uh -huh that I'll use. There's lots of different things in that I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Just get, I like a seasoned mm. moment. Yeah. And then I'll do um, like a little bit of um, soy sauce, like a couple okay. of like soy sauce, you know, cause ground Turkey can be dry, a little bland. Yes. Yeah. It's good for you, but it can be a little bland. So you have to like, you know, Shizu up. I like a you know I like a seasoned meal, darling. Seasoned meal. I like seasoned, and so then I do the patties, and then I do it generally either in a cast iron um, pan just to get the you know I like a caramelized. I like a char. <laughs> I don't like beige food. You know, sometimes I come over here to England. There's a lot of beige food oh, over right. here. So why do you keep on coming back? Because we we do love you. Yeah, I said well, I I love the culture. I love it. The, there's a lot of good food here too. Where do you like? But sometimes the beigeness of it, I'm like, mm. you know. So I go to the places that I know. So where'd you go? I go to Soho House a lot because they got good food over there. We just they went, got good food over just, there. They we just, just have, went there. You know, they have the food I like. My, me too. I like I like Soho House. It's safe for me. <laughs> I like Nando's. Oh wow! I love a Nando's that's moment. That's, that's charred, charred yeah. honey. <laughs> I like a char on, my, on all my food. Um, so. You know, but I love cooking. The pandemic really reconnected Where were me you to in that. Lockdown? So my husband and I rented, uh, started renting houses out in Bellport, Long Island, which is about an hour and fifteen minutes out of the city on the coast. Oh, so it's about Jews there. It's That's where all the Jews are, aren't they? Well, well, there's the Jews now. There's uh, many Jews <laughs> all around yes. New York. So yes. What? Just look in the oven. I went to a ha uh, no, I went to a Passover thing in Long Island. That's why yeah, I know about a, it. Just yeah. have a quick look. In what the oven. is it good? Well, I've made what did you. For make? you well, make. I'm making something you probably know, but it's called a Dutch baby. I don't know a Dutch oh. baby. Oh wow! So What's my, my daughter baby? lives in. It's a cross between yeah, a it's pan turkey lean burger. It isn't a turkey burger, and it's not seasoned. It's a cross between a popover and a pancake. Okay. And you fill it with I fruit. Mean, listen, Amazing. Yeah. I, I hope, okay. you know, I hope Jessie, you... Jessie, pop over and Jessie, have you seen it? It looks fantastic, Mother. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Mum. It looks great. My sister's an actress in Los Angeles, and she she made this for brunch, and she was like, you must give it to Billy. So there we go. Let's Amazing. Yeah, it, because it looks great. I, I love think. that. So, you know, the pandemic... Yeah. You know, I'm diabetic. 
Oh, okay. Type two. So you oh, hereditary. Shit. Is this you know I'm fine. I took my got, medication. Um, oh fuck. I, won't I took my medication. Sugar. It's all good. Okay, okay. It's I won't all good. put the icing sugar. Type Please two. Don't put the icing sugar. So type two. Does that mean that you um you have to inject? I don't. It, oh okay. The type one is the one where you got have it. to okay, be fine. constantly on antibiotics. How can you be? Th- it's how tiny it's, you here are. Here we are. This is what I'm about to say. It's genetic. It's genetic. Mm. Type two can also be genetic. We've been sold a bill of goods over the last 30 years that type 2 diabetes is your fault. No. It's not always your fault. It's not always based on what you is ate. Is this or a re- d- recent thing? This is, Well, it's not recent anymore. It was 2007. Okay. Yeah, but it is quite, yeah, because my dad got diabetic when he was 50. Yeah. Type 2. Yeah. But okay. it's and not, he just took tablets. Yeah, but it's a, mine is hereditary. You know, so I'm that I'm also um, HIV positive. And so I couldn't be in the epicenter of it because I have a pre-existing condition that could have been Mm, vulnerable mm. for me. So my husband and I, you know, my husband and all of his um, foresight was Mm. like, we have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. And so, I, you know. I'm a little black kid from the ghetto. I was like, where are we going? He's like, we can rent a house. We can rent a house. I was like, rent a house? You know, like, that's not something that I do. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've gone to other people's rental homes yes. and shit, but I never thought I could rent it myself. It's like, oh, wait, yes, yes. we can rent a house. We can rent a house. <laughs> Let's go rent a house. And so a friend of mine from high school mm. um, who's in the medical profession had moved his family out to Bellport at the beginning of February because the, the just, medical profession knew, yeah. knew it was coming. Mm. Anybody in the me- medical profession knew it was coming and knew that we were going to have to lock down. Mm. They knew it. They were mm. saying it. And I was like, lock down? What I think we knew it. Right. It's just you our know, government didn't know it. Just, it's <laughs> like, no, they knew. They just weren't listening. So... Um, I called him. I said, do you think there would be any other rentals? Blah, blah, blah. He said, yeah. It, uh, introduced me to the real estate agent. Within two hours, we had a house. So we went out to this house. We sat in this house for three months, never leaving except to go get groceries and come back. We fell in love with it. We ended up buying the house across <gasps> the street. So now you live in Long Island. So now I live. Now we live on Long so Island. So you were in the city before. We were in Manhattan, yes. And I've been in Manhattan since 1991. So it was 30 years. I'm good. Yeah, I don't you've have done to it. live in the middle of no. it. No. You know, it's like I'm actually more, I'm actually healthier. I'm more present. Mm. Um, I am, um, you know, grounded mm. in a different way. You know, and I needed space. You know, I need a, I need a healing energy space. Mm. We got a dog. We got a little cockapoo in January. What's the name? Uh, Bader. Bader. Lola. Majors. Oh. BLM. Oh. Even the dog is political, bitches. <laughs> yes. Come on. Come on. We're going to carry that dog to the White House, baby. <laughs> have you ever been to the White House? I have been to the White House. With Barack. I was there with um, President Obama, um, and I was also there with Clinton a long time ago, yeah. Wow. So you're in Long Island, and it's a different kind of, you know, life. But Manhattan, from 91, tell me some of the food spots that you used to go to, or you still are dedicated to. You know, what's interesting about this conversation is I love food. I wouldn't say that I'm... A foodie. No. I would say that I'm foodie adjacent. <laughs> a 
foodie what? Adjacent. I like so that. I'm foodie adjacent. So by that, I mean, if someone's a foodie and they take me somewhere, I'll, I'm like, let's go and it's fun. But I'm not seeking that out no, myself. Fine. I'm not... I, I don't know what the restaurants are. I don't know where to go. I you think mum like, is foodie adjacent, actually. Mom. You know, I'm very much... I'm very much like I can eat the same thing every day. But I, but but there must be spots that you feel, regardless of the food, that that you know, like you like Soho. I mean, you like the food at Soho House, but you know, you go for that atmosphere, that coffee, that kind of Mexican. That chat. You know, there's a lots of Mexican. Are there good Mexicans in New York? Mexican in New I York went for is really great. A vegan great. one in New York that was like was are it? you vegan am I fucked oh, no okay. I'm not I'm not I can't do you that. know Nobu I love you know I've had I've had an opportunity to go to places like people have taken me mm -hmm. to places like Per Se which I just thought was like oh I don't know per se. you know Per Se is like one of them Michelin five star uh -huh. where the and meal was is like three thousand dollars a person. Yeah. Like, you're no, like, no. I'm never spending that kind of money. If somebody else is paying, but if I'm somebody there. else is paying, I'll be there. You know, I've had those kinds of experiences. Do you drink wine? Not really a wine person. What do you like? I'm more of a Scotch tequila. Would you like a drop now, Billy? Um, champagne. You got, got champagne? You got it. Have you got yeah. it in there? For, oh, yeah, she's always ready. Sean Pogney, yeah. honey. I just had a horrible a big little... birthday, Billy. So What's I... horrible about it? What's the alternative, mummy? Wait till you're 17. You'll, you'll, you'll say, I'm not quite sure about it. She this. called it her Soissant Nerf plus one party because she couldn't, she couldn't commit to saying Well, it was I just 17. turned 52. Well, you look And fantastic. I talk about it all the time because <laughs> I have fucking earned it. Yes. Right. Oh, my goodness. Why are you so proud? we I'm have so glasses proud. like yes, this. That's what you call a, Ooh, that's a Dutch, that's a Dutch baby. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, I knew we'd get along. Oh, of course. <laughs> of I course. knew we'd get on. My sister's even early for me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we'd get on here in London. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is great, Mum. It's great. The Dutch baby. I, I can vouch for the Dutch baby, Mum. Mmm. Amazing. Um, but let's talk about your music career. Yes. Children. Yes. Have you heard it? Yes, it's oh, great. And we had Jade, uh -huh. who was one of the writers mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. Jade was here at your at your very in your very chair 
on Friday talking about it. She was so thrilled that this is a writing cut that you're singing. Like, I mean, she's so thrilled. I, and I can hear, I mean, Emanike, the voice, and I can hear you, like, the, the trills that you're doing on that song. I can hear Emanike in there too. Like, I mean, it's, it's brilliant. Oh, thank you. Like, how's it all going with doing music career again, second time round? It's my second time mainstream. Yeah, mainstream. Okay. You know, my first album was an R&B album on A&M Records that came out back in 1997. Right. And um, as we were talking about earlier, mm. you know, I was trying to be an R&B recording artist in the 90s. Really? You know, being black and gay was not a part of that. Mm. So they put me out. Um, but I did it anyway, y'all. Mm. I've done three albums since. Right. One was on my own. Uh, a live album at the corner of Broadway and Soul. Um, from um, uh, Live from Joe's Pub. Right. And then when I was doing Kinky Boots. Yes. I had my Barbara Streisand moment with a full orchestra, and oh, I did Billy's Back on Broadway. The dream. So I have the lush sort of Broadway album. There's nothing quite like... I mean, it gives me goosebumps even thinking yeah, about it. It's I have just... the really, really lush Broadway album. Mm. Um, and then um, after Kinky Boots, I went into the studio and did an album called The Soul of Richard Rogers, mm -hmm. where I took all of Richard Rogers' music the songs and I deconstructed them and rearranged them to sort of be in the R&B pop, uh, R&B soul, hip hop, yeah. rap, gospel idioms. Mm -hmm. What I find interesting is that to be a standard, to be a classic means that it stands the test of time. Mm. And what's interesting about what we in America at least considered classic and standards and the things that can be reinterpreted you know they're generally reinterpreted under the jazz idiom because jazz is sanctioned by white people take r&b you know take an r&b look at a richard rogers song take a soul look at a richard rogers song take a hip-hop look at a Richard Rogers song, a gospel interpretation, and it literally goes unnoticed. It's like, I hear rock interpretations of favorite things, but nobody's playing my version that Cynthia Erivo is singing on my album. You know, it's like, it's this, it's this really beautiful, you know, and I call it my Quincy Jones period, because I took all the new... Broadway, new, you know, black Broadway artists with voices and tones mm -hmm. that are a departure from what we're used to hearing a Broadway voice sound like. Yeah. We don't sound like Bernadette Peters. We don't sound like Patti LuPone. We don't sound like Elaine Page. I love them all. Yes. And there's another way. And so this album is that, and I knew that it was going to be the bridge back to my personal mainstream, you know, sensibility. Yeah. What's your favorite mu musical ever? Oh, I don't. I don't really talk in those terms. There are too many. All right. Many. So which do you? Which, you know, there are several. Right, Dreamgirls, oh, The Wiz, my God. Gypsy, 
a chorus line, mm. Into the Woods, so you love them all. Sunday in the Park with George. It's not all of them, West Side Story, but like, right, it's too much. It's not fair to just to say one, and I say this to people all the time. It's just not fair because it's the body of the brilliance of that kind of work that has made me the human being that I am and the artist that I am. And so I need all of them aggregated. But which, you which know, song do you, which song? I was going to say you, the same. Would you like to perform? Which one's your favorite to perform? I mean, like where you feel like you just. Give your own interpretation and it would be something. Yeah, there's to. so many. Just go listen to my Broadway album and you'll see those are pretty much my Your favorites. Face. They're pretty much my favorites. I didn't put home on there. Um, Why didn't I don't know. You? I don't know. Like it's a little point. over. It's a little oversung at this point. Can I have a little more champagne? Oh. Jesse, you're, Jesse, you're so slow with it. <laughs> I did so sorry. <laughs> Just leave the bottle in. Yeah, for God's sake, <laughs> Jessica. So okay, so food. Back yeah. to food, Billy. We better ask your last supper. Last supper. My last supper. You're going on the desert island. My last supper yeah. would Jessie, be please, mm, sorry. a ribeye steak. Ooh. Ooh. Where from? I don't know. Okay, don't Just care. a ribeye steak. How do you have it? Grilled well done, medium rare. Medium. Okay. Grilled medium. Seasoned properly. Just the with greatest that. bit of marble. Oh, Yeah. You know, because I like my meat with marble. Where's that meat from in Chicago? You get in Chicago all the time. I um, don't know. Dobie or Obi or... Kobe. 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 <laughs> yeah, so a ribeye steak, piece of fried chicken. I'm a walking stereotype, sorry. <laughs> um, a piece of fried chicken. Seasoned? Prefer- seasoned course, or deep? Always Mom, seasoned. Absolutely. Deep fried. Deep fried. Oh. You're going for it. All the way. If it's yeah. my last meal, <laughs> meal I would have... A breast, a thigh, and a wing. Yeah. Then I'd have the Holy Trinity. Some collard greens. Okay. Collard another, greens. Yeah, What's collard that greens. Look it up. What, another, no collard greens. Another like stereotype. Really cooked over another, like greens, but like cooked and cooked it's to another death. Another black yeah. southern okay. cooking soul food Delicious. stereotype. Right. Then I'd have my grandmother's macaroni and cheese. I don't like melted cheese. Yes. I don't like cheese in general. But, but my grandmother's macaroni and cheese, black people macaroni and cheese, is particularly different. Fun, yeah. It's different because it's baked like a cake. And you have it, it crispy. It's coagulated. Yeah, yeah. So you cut it yeah. and it's not gooey. Yeah. I don't like gooey. Yeah. So I'd have that. Um, I'd have a piece of pound cake. With What's some, pound cake? you know, just cake. regular, Madeira. no, not sponge cake. Oh, oh it's Madeira. Sponge cake is a different texture. Oh, is it Madeira? I don't know what Madeira it's is. It's pound cake, like, it's denser. like dense. Dense, okay. it's like Madeira. It's just a cake. Would yeah. you have it with custard? No custard. Don't like custard. Oh, okay. Because it's a bit like melted cheese in your, yes, it's in the same It's that rate. consistency. Okay, got it, got it. No custard ever. Um, but a piece of pound cake mm. with, like, some fruit, you know, uh, maybe a drizzle of chocolate, maybe a drizzle of, Ooh, you know, there. raspberry coulis <laughs> or something. You know, I'm a very simple man. Maybe some cinnamon ice cream. Oh, that's Which not so simple, cream? Billy. Which I've never had a cinnamon ice cinnamon cream. Cinnamon ice cream is, is not that oh. simple, but like I love a cinnamon situation. You know. A cinnamon situation. Um, I love a broccoli, like charred broccoli, a broccolini. Oh, yeah. 
can get that house, can't you, babe? Yeah, you know, <laughs> y'all don't, you, you know, you go out of the States and I don't find a whole lot of green vegetables where, you know, it's like, the green vegetables are hard to find sometimes. Y'all like a lot of carrots over here. Oh, no. She's like, all fucking sugar. Carrots are all sugar. I was like, where's the rocket? Where's the broccoli? Where's the, where's the asparagus? Where's the, you know, like... Where's the Brussels sprouts? Where's the you like going fucking to the out. Wrong... There's a Brussels sprout on every bloody menu You're in going bloody to the That's wrong good. places. Okay, I'm going to the wrong places cuz you know you get to some of these European countries. I'm like, "Where is the green vegetable?" And they look at me like I'm crazy. You need to go to Greece. Well, you don't get well, green no, vegetable Greece. there, mum. Greece you get horta. Okay. Greece is Greece is cool cuz the Mediterranean diet yeah. bodies are made in the kitchen. Mm. That tomato and that Body cucumber. I'm gonna say that. That to tomato Every and time cucumber. I go reach for that chocolate. Bodies are made in the kitchen. Uh, okay, fine. Bodies are made in the kitchen. That doesn't mean you can't have the chocolate. That just means what time of day are you having it and how much? Do you want to be my personal trainer, Billy? I can't be a trainer, but I can <laughs> motivational assist. Motivational speaker. You I can assist in me, when. Your, your body is spectacular. Oh, you're very. Uh, no, free. I mean it's just you've got a fantastic <laughs> but, body. But Billy, I mean I feel like you, we could have affirmations. The porterisms. <laughs> Maybe this is a new venture that you should yeah. do. Well, let my first book come out. <laughs> yeah, fine. Let me make sure I'm. You know, I'm in a space where like my healing has taken hold 24-7, and then maybe I can come out to the world and be guru-like. So, okay, we've got memoir coming. <laughs> yeah. We've got children out. I just finished directing my first feature film. And then that will come that out. That will come out next summer, hopefully in theaters, if not streaming. Um, and I'm working on all of the new music. I am directing a production of a musical called The Life. I don't know The Life. Uh, Cy Coleman was written back in the 90s. Um, and I'm doing I'm, I'm doing that for a, a company in Manhattan called Encores, and they, you know, this company revisits old musicals and like sort of re, you know, introduces them to the world. And so the hope is that, you know, I rewrote this book, I rewrote the book of the musical. I'm re sort of conceptualizing it, and the hope is that you know, it will be able to transfer and move to Broadway. That's my goal. That's me speaking. No, I'm not starring in it. I'm directing No, you'll start in off-Broadway. You'll do... Is that that the way it works, usually? It's like fringe and then... This is an off-Broadway contract. Yeah, okay. Only four performances. You work on it for 10 days. Like, it's very intense. You work on it. And then it's like a staged reading. So you see it. You know, so I'm really... It's a new book. It's new musical arrangements. Mm. Kasai Coleman is very uh, big band oriented and specific. And this musical is about, you know, it's set in 80. It's a, it, you know, it's about nightlife. It's about mm. the, you know, pimps and prostitutes mm. and, you know, drug addicts and the why of that and that underworld. And so I, I'm redoing the arrangements. We're redoing the arrangements to sound more like 70s funk oh. and what that world sounded like at the time. So, you know, it's an experiment and hopefully, you know, I'll have my first musical that I directed on Broadway. See, that's how I want to go back to Broadway. Okay. Excuse me. The champagne has made me <laughs> I know. But I want to go back to Broadway as a creator. Yeah. I want to go back to Broadway as a, as the storyteller. Yeah, but it's you like can't be behind I, not, the scenes. Not forever. No, okay. But sometimes. Fine. Okay, okay. You know, on. I want to go back to Broadway with my very prestigious... 
you know, whether it's Hamlet, whether it's Hamlet. Time of Athens, whether like, it's do you Othello. Like, you like Shakespeare? What, yeah, I'm, I'm trained, bitch. <laughs> yes. The children need to understand it does not stop. It does not stop at Poe's. You know, like all them white boys from over here get their Hamlet. I want my fucking Hamlet. Kush Gumbo's Hamlet. <laughs> Kush Gumbo's Hamlet. She yeah. had her Hamlet. It's time for me. You know, because that's the thing. And I say Hamlet metaphorically. Yes. I need my whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, you need your In med. terms of, I need my acting somehow, Broadway. I think you will Sometimes get I, one. Somehow I think, yeah, you'll, you'll get it. You know what I mean? Everybody knows that saying. I'll be in a musical. But the thing for me is that once you do Kinky Boots, mm. once you have something that's written for you, you know, it wasn't specifically written for me, but it was written for me. Right. You know, once it fits like a glove like that, mm. once you do I've that, seen what else? Yeah. I got a lot of uh, attention for singing Everything's Coming Up Roses at the Tony Awards during the commercial break. With James Corden, I got a huge standing ovation, and it was the, you know, it went around the world. And all of a sudden, everybody wanted me to, you know, he should play Mama Rose. He should play Mame. It should be a gender, you know, and it's like, I, though, that's great. Mm. And thank you. When are we going to tell a new story? Mm. I want to do something new. That's what's so great and inspiring well, Kinky about. Kinky Boots was new. Kinky Boots was new. That's what I'm saying, is that I did the new thing. So now, when you say go back to Broadway, I'm like, yeah, on your yeah, but I wish what? They, yeah, I wish they right. would bring the whiz back. It well, they have did. brought the whiz back. They put it. They did it on television. It they good? did it on television, and now I can say this too because it hurt my feelings. <laughs> without me, ah, how dare they? They did it on how television dead? without me. When? After I had won the Tony and the Grammy. What? Wow. Yes. How dare they? Those motherfuckers did it without me. Do you have a burn book, Billy? No, I don't have a burn book. <laughs> I don't have a burn book, but now I can say it, but now I can say it out loud. Because the truth of it is, with as hurt as my feelings were, fast forward to Cinderella. Now, yeah, how fast was that? Fast forward to playing the fairy godmother. How was it? Fast forward to being a 14-year-old child and wanting to be the male Whitney Houston. Mm and getting a call asking me to be the fairy godmother. Like, it's like, oh, that's why I wasn't in the Wiz. Mm. Yes, this yeah. was I'm it. supposed to be, I'm the new thing. Mm. It's specific. I'm not just supposed to be going back and doing something that somebody else already did for the last 50 years. I'm creating new shit. And so I'm just trying to stay in that mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, I sold a television show, you know, that I wrote and created with my writing partner called Fruits of Thy Labor. We sold it to Warner Brothers and Peacock. It's about a black, you know, family, a, a black showbiz dynasty family, you know, in New York City. And it's like, interestingly enough, in 2021, we've never seen it. We've never seen Hold the on, representation of that. What was the one, the music one that was right. on with Cookie? Yeah. What was that? Empire. Empire. And what was it based on? Based on crime. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. My show, it's not, it's just The Matriarch and the Patriarch, are based on Ossie Davis and Ruby D. It's a civil rights family. Oh. Ain't no fucking crime in this family. <laughs> they didn't rise to success because of crime. No shade, yeah. but there is that too. Yes. 
It's not always associated with crime. It's not always associated with drug dealers. It's not always associated with that. Mm. You know, it's interesting. The first note, you know, was like, well, is it like, they're all so successful. Is that yeah. full stop yeah. before you fucking continue? Yeah. It, I will never have this conversation again. If you really think that there's a black family who can't be as successful as this, then you don't deserve this show. I can't do this anymore. I, who come from first generation post-civil rights movement, yeah. a religious family, I never had no crime in my family. We're all different things. As people of color, we're all different things. And I'm so excited When's, to be a representative of... Are you gonna star in that? Or you no, just I'm gonna... not starring in it, honey. I'm looking for mailbox money. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I'm looking for my mailbox money, bitch. I, I consult and then the, then the <laughs> shit comes in the mailbox. I learned how the white people do it, honey. I'm doing it like y'all. Shit. Just say, they made a remake of Bodyguard and you played the Whitney person. I would do that. Who would be the Bodyguard? Oh, good question, yeah. mother. Because I can see you as the Whitney singing. <gasps> Billy's eyes have lit up. So who is going to lift you off the floor and hold you tight and make you feel safe? Mm. And he's got to be gorgeous. <laughs> let's, all throw in, let's all throw in some suggestions. Okay. Um, who would I have? I mean, if Timothy Chalamet could lift a fucking thing, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love him, but I mean, I'd flatten him. No, I'd flatten him. Man. He's a man. I need a grown man. I don't need no children texting okay, Timothy so. Chalamet. <laughs> He's four years old. No. Please. He is beautiful. He's though. gorgeous. Nobody cares. And that's not. That's not true. A lot of people care. My grown ass black faggot ass does not care about a seventeen year old. Um, okay. So would you? I, I know who I'd have. Who grown? Okay. Grown. Milo, what's his face from this? Vitamidia. Oh, he's cute. I love he's him. He's cute. I loved him in Gilmore Girls. This and is I us. love him in This Is Us. He would be cute. Who would you have? Well, I'd have the one from Offspring, Dr. Patrick. Weed. Oh, Doc, did you ever watch Offspring? It's an Australian. Uh, anyway, Dr. Yeah. Patrick Weed's very lovely. We're trying to get yeah, cute, fine. amazing. Okay, who would you have? You know, I think I would need to go like old school classic, yeah. like modern classic, yeah. like Brad Pitt. Yeah. Or, not, but it's old school modern classic okay, because Bruce of the Willis? show. No, he's too old. Yeah. But it's, no, what I'm saying is, that's why I say okay. modern classic because okay. the generation right after him, Fine. which is, you know, Clooney. Oh my God, yeah. You know, Brad Pitt. I would even, you know, I'm going to say, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio has grown up to be... You're too old for him, darling. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he grown up to be a very... Um, yeah, he's a thoughtful man. It was going to go one way or the other, wasn't it? We weren't sure whether it was going to be... You know, Denzel you know, is too old. Oh, I don't know. Idris! 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 You've got it! We've got it! Idris! You've got the job, Idris! Idris! Wow. I'm gonna need to lie down, darling. 
I'm going to need to get the book of Billy Porter because I need a few more lessons uh, to be learning. I said, Jesus. Who needs a coffee when you've got Billy Porter in your house for brekkie? Billy Porter, that was everything that I could have um, wanted and more. And Mum, first be. experience with Billy Porter. Seeing as you haven't seen Pose, you've maybe seen Billy on the red carpet. I feel like he's... He's absolutely like a thunderbolt. And I've never seen someone who's so heartily drank champagne. <laughs> My kind of person. Your, your kind My of person. My kind of person. He outdid me. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> Fuck me. Billy Porter, I love you. I can't wait to see the film. I can't wait to, I can't wait to read dynamite. the book. Dynamite. He's just dynamite. Children's out. <laughs> I love the, the words. Got to let the children know what time it is. Yeah, well, we definitely... Uh, yeah. He was fabulous, just fabulous. This Dutch baby thing is brilliant. Yeah. Anybody who's having somebody around for brunch or just wants to make it on their own. You this can is... serve it with bacon. Yes, I, I would have appreciated that, I would think. You? Well, I mean, you never have bacon in no. the house, so never. This is a really good recipe. Yeah. I am slightly exhausted, but also invigorated by that conversation. Yeah, I'm ready for a lie down. I loved having Billy in the yeah. room. We've tried to have this for so many years, so He's finally fab. we He's got to absolutely chat. absolutely fab. And Billy can come back whenever. Whenever he wants. I think Billy swears more than me. He does. With such intention as well. Intent, like... Yeah. Fuck you. Now, people don't know that when I, when he was saying those fuck yous, he was looking me directly in my eyes and pointing at me. It was very intense, but I felt like I was starring in something with him and I kind of rose to the occasions by keeping holding the gaze. Um, but it was quite terrifying at some points. He's a force of nature. Oh, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.